Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Valerie Bork. And recently, we've been talking about self-care. Today, we're continuing this topic as we officially introduce Kelly with some exciting news. But Kelly is also sharing her experiences working in healthcare during the pandemic, experiences that led to her quitting her job and taking a break. For those of you working in the industry, this might sound familiar. For those with loved ones in senior care, you'll get a look inside at what they've been going through. Kelly is sharing what burnout actually felt like and what therapy looked like. I had just hit a wall. I had this experience at work where one of my residents had passed away and I moved through it way too quickly. And so that was a red flag for me. Welcome to Desperately Seeking Senior Living, a podcast for sons, daughters, grandkids, and spouses who suddenly find themselves tangled in the search for senior living and care. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and check out our doable download in today's show notes for a printable summary of the show and a bonus tip from our guest. For our listeners that don't know, I own a company called ClearPath Senior Living Solutions. And Kelly has worked for the company for almost three and a half years now, (laughs) which is so crazy. Mm -hmm. And it's always been in a part-time capacity, but Kelly just finished her master's in social work, (laughs) which is so exciting. Uh, should we pause here and just say congratulations? <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. That was a lot of hard work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so here, so that is exciting news. But then here's the other exciting news is that Kelly is coming to work for ClearPath full time. Yay. <laughs> and we're <laughs> adding geriatric care management, which is so exciting. And then the other really exciting thing is that Kelly is going to join me on the show (laughs) for more episodes. So Kelly, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. How are you feeling about all of this? I'm feeling very good. I feel like last week was my first full week back into doing full-time ClearPath and I just love it. I really love it. I love talking to families, brainstorming kind of investigating and really advocating. That's something I've done in my social work, I could say career now, because it's been over eight years as a social worker and I never get enough of it with placement and now geriatric care. It's so exciting. I'm so excited. (laughs) Me too. That's so awesome. (laughs) And, And actually you took some time off before you came back full time. And this is Mm -hmm. a perfect lead in to our topic today, which is self-care and Mm -hmm. all of those things that we sometimes forget to do for ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) And so what made you decide to take a break, which by the way, is a huge act of self-care. Yes. So I was, as you had mentioned, working part-time for ClearPath. I had to complete two different internships. And out of that landed a 
full-time job, which was very nice because most internships are non-paid, very very volunteer based. Yeah, I had this opportunity to be a social worker in a dementia and behavioral health setting. And it was right before the pandemic hit. And so I didn't really know this type of work outside of experiencing COVID and all the ramifications that that would bring. I had done healthcare before, but this was, of course, for everyone, regardless of your career. It's been crazy. (laughs) Wild, wild. And it was a typical, what, I mean, what you would expect and what you hear from a lot of healthcare settings is COVID hits, your agency or your community goes through it. Several months pass, regulations changing always, and then it hits again. So while I was there for the two years, COVID hit our building twice. Second time, I got COVID as a result. And unintentionally, not knowing that I had COVID and my family got it. And so it was a pretty, honestly, a pretty traumatic experience. And then I had to come home and recover and then go back into it and serve my residents who had COVID still. So it was a lot. <laughs> it was, yes. That layer alone added a level of stress that I don't think, I don't think any of us, any of us can really articulate and probably won't be able to articulate to its fullness until we come out of a pandemic. Over the course of two years, it just became too much for me. That was a lot. You had school. And work. So I was also, yes, doing, finishing a <laughs> master's. So what is that process like where you actually allow yourself to take a break? So mid-November, I left my job as a social worker in dementia care. The same day I had my last class for my master's. And so everything just ended at once. And I remember feeling, honestly, anxious those first week or two because so much of who I was and what I did was wrapped around in in these two parts of my life. I didn't know how to rest or move forward. I only knew of rest as, you know, these very small pocket of time, maybe read a book for half an hour or go get my nails done. That's what I thought rest was because that's all I'd ever experienced. I had never taken a, a break like this before. I I graduated with my undergrad and I already had a job lined up. And so rest was a foreign concept to me and honestly was a a bit intimidating because taking a break meant working through what I had experienced. That was difficult. You know, I think a lot of us move at a hundred miles an hour because we're afraid that when we slow down, either one, we won't run a return to what we were doing before, or two, it will just be an overwhelming sense of emotion that we we don't know how to cope with. Today's episode is brought to you by ClearPath Senior Living Solutions. ClearPath helps families find assisted living, memory care, and other resources. Find our contact information in today's show notes. anxiety and identity, like having sort of our lives wrapped up in 
what we do as opposed to who we really are, I would say there's probably a small, probably smaller than there should be amount of people that can take that time off or if they can, that they allow themselves to. And I, and I could see though, where that's so hard because we are moving at a hundred miles an hour and, and you are by no means like, you know, you're, you're not living this very wealthy life where you had the ability to just say, okay, I'm taking time off. Right. This was a conscious decision for you. Definitely. That took work. Mm -hmm. And do you feel like the, the work that it took was worth it? Yes. I do. I had just hit a wall. I had this experience at work where one of my residents had passed away and I moved through it way too quickly. I had no emotion attached to it. I just told myself, you know, we have to keep going. And so that was a red flag for me. I had never experienced something like that. I was always very emotionally aware. And and those experiences would typically hit me deeply, but I think I had almost calloused myself to the point where I wasn't allowing any of those motions to come in anymore because I truly didn't think I could handle it. At that point, I had started seeing a counselor who talked a lot about embodiment and what it's like to listen to your body and what it's trying to communicate about trauma. And so as I moved through counseling during that time, I realized the impact that the past two years have had on my body. I would come home and be so sore um, in my shoulder and in my neck for days after I worked. And so I worked four days and then three days off. And so basically all of those three days I was in pain. And so I never really felt rested or recovered. And then I would just go back into the week and do it all over again. And so listening to my body was extremely helpful as a means of self-care for me. I think that's so important. Just knowing yourself, which I think I think is actually hard for a lot of people and probably because we're running a hundred miles an hour. So thank you for sharing your story because, you know, maybe it'll help someone listening, recognize that they are reaching their limits and just help them listen more to their body. And this actually leads into something that um, we actually talked about with Rosie Mankis. By the time this airs, Rosie Mankis, her episode will have already aired. And we talk a lot about self-care and I'm giving away her bonus tip, (laughs) which is in the landing page, but you should still download our doable download because there are a lot of other really great tips in there and links and resources. But I am giving away her bonus tip, which was the acronym STOP. So it's stop, take a breath, observe, and proceed. Mm. And so basically this is used when you're feeling super stressed out and and Mm -hmm. just taking that moment. And that's really what that acronym is about, is connecting to your body. So what what are some of the things that you have practiced with your self-care? You already mentioned reading a book. What are some other things? Well, therapy was very big. I was doing therapy every single week. That was super helpful just to 
to have someone who was objectively advising me and giving me feedback. And then also my therapist would point, it was all over Zoom, but she could still obviously see me on video. I would respond a certain way and she would point that out. So I would share something and then I would look in a certain direction and she would ask me, you know, where did you go? What happened during that moment? And so at first, of course, it was uncomfortable because those kind of things are very vulnerable. Someone to point that out in you. (laughs) I guess I don't know where I went. (laughs) And so she helped to teach me a greater awareness of my body, of how I respond, and in many ways, how my body was trying to help me. And I, you know, my body is not apart from me. It is me. And so learning to love those parts of myself that maybe tense up or look the other way or disassociate questioning and observing why that's happening and loving my body anyway. That was a big self-care tool for me. I also am a very extroverted person, but I've learned that I really love being alone. I would actually have taken several solo trips to go hike at a national park, or I went once to, I think it was Lake Cushman, and spent the day out there um, just swimming and reading and resting. Those trips are like a breath of fresh air to me, almost like hydrating when you are super thirsty and you need just that cold glass of water. That's how those trips felt to me. I would come back energized and really more, more grateful for the life that I have. Just to have that moment to step away and reflect, to separate yourself from what you can do for other people. That was a big thing for me is my identity was so wrapped in what I could do for someone else. And so to step away and to take those solo trips just for me was so helpful that I no longer needed to worry about anyone else to just enjoy my own company. I think getting out in nature is sort of one of those universal tips, like just getting to the fresh air. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, my body is still telling me to sit on the couch, well. but, <laughs> but, then I, but then I make it to swimming. Well, maybe that's <laughs> what you need sometimes. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's so great. Like honoring where you're at, mm-hmm. no matter what it is, even though that can be really painful. I think that's that's part of it. But then, you know, baby steps. Yeah. (laughs) It's like my best friend, Leanne, like just baby steps. Mm -hmm. And whether you're a caregiver or you are that person that's looking for care, what we do in terms of helping families find senior living and care, that process in and of itself is really stressful. It can be really, really stressful. And so just I think understanding that, but then also taking that moment and like you're talking about getting to know what works for you because it's going to be different maybe for Mm -hmm. someone else. And I love seeing your pictures of Mm -hmm. hiking those hikes. It looks so peaceful. Oh, we live in a beautiful state. (laughs) Yes. We're, yes. We're in Washington state for our listeners and (laughs) yes, it is very, very beautiful. Well, Kelly, thank you again for sharing your story. This was really vulnerable view of 
what you went through and also how you got through it. And hopefully this will help our listeners who are either currently a caregiver or in that search for senior living and care, or even just to prepare for what maybe to expect. So I'm really grateful that you shared your story and and also very happy that you are back on the team at Clear Path <laughs> and can't wait to help more families. So Kelly, with your journey and everything that you have been through, what would you say would be your number one doable tip? When you find something that you genuinely enjoy, write it down or start making a list. And then you can look back in times of stress in times of not even just stress, just in open free times, look back at that list and say, is this something I can do today? Again, we're, we, we move so fast. And so to even be aware of our own wants and desires and things that make us happy is self-care. Check out this episode's doable download in show notes for details, including industry terms and definitions we discussed, as well as a bonus tip from our guest. Have questions or your own tips to share? Leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, make it doable.